Hey everyone, welcome to episode 31 of Beers in the Lot. On this episode, we're singing the praises of Kirill the Thrill, Kirill Kaprasov. We talked about winning and losing cultures in NHL organizations. We're really sorry, Buffalo fans. And we talked about the best post-game eats. Hint, it's tacos. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Beers in the Lot. And join us on Discord at beersinthelot.com slash Discord to join the conversation over there. All right, it's St. Patrick's Day. Let's get after it. All right, let's open beers. We're all just enjoying these beers too much I to know. even talk. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> That's a lot of blank space you got to delete. Yeah. I'm going to leave an extra <clears throat> second just to make it awkward. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just awkward enough. <laughs> the person who listens to episode one will have no problem. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Daniel. As you put the <laughs> glass to your mouth, what are you drinking tonight? Ah, oh, yes, just uh, ruined my drink there. <laughs> uh, I have a Trop Drop and Roll Tropical IPA by Stowfire Brewing. Very tasty. Trop, what do you have, Aaron? Drop and Roll. I like that name. <laughs> I have an Orange Diva Blood Orange Wit Beer, also from Stillfire Brewing. How about you, John? A hat trick for Stillfire Brewing out of Swanee, <laughs> Georgia. I am drinking the Midnight Voyage Cuban Coffee Stout, which is really good. Eric, what about you? So I, I'm going to be the oddball. Of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have Stillfire Brewing, but I do have Monday Night Brewing, uh, Dust Bunny IPA. Very solid IPA. It says uh, on the side here, fuzzy, hoppy, fresh. Just like a Dust Bunny, I guess. <laughs> i think we should point out the can art on all of this is great yeah yes on, on all these still fire yeah. cans it's pretty cool and both still fire and monday night are out of the atlanta area and all of these beers uh come courtesy of our friend of the pod Kevin, who is at Kevin underscore KJ Cooks and more on Instagram. He does a lot of barbecue stuff on there, a lot of Komodo Joe cooks on there. Really good stuff. He's definitely a fan of beers in the lot. He uh, highly recommended uh, these breweries to us, and we just got to thank him for uh, turning us on to these. Check them Absolutely. out. Absolutely. They're, they're delicious too. Yeah, this, mine's uh, really good. This this blood orange wit beer is they're not, they're not paying us to say this. This is good beer. <laughs> this is real good. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 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 still fire stuff's definitely good. The Monday night brewing stuff is definitely good. This dust bunny IPA is just super solid. So so because tomorrow is St. Pat- Patrick's Day, uh, I got I got a Guinness glass. So ah, there you go. At least put it in a Guinness <laughs> yeah. glass. Oh yeah, yeah, good enough. Yeah, Guinness is going to be my second the... beer tonight. It, best thing about this glass <laughs> is it can hold a pounder. Oh, nice. <laughs> Look at that. One pour. It's great. You don't have, yeah, you don't have to do that quarter pour later on. Yeah. 
So, guys, we haven't really talked about the NHL in a while. And I think we've all been very excited to watch uh, a rookie out west by the name yes. of Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill. Kirill oh, yeah. Kaprasov. Kirill the Thrill. Yeah. I've seen a couple of clips that have gone viral on him. He's super hot. He's, he's Hansel level hot right now. <laughs> he's so hot right now. <laughs> he's so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's exciting to watch. He's awesome. Yeah, so my uh my my rookie bust uh for uh my draft was uh oh god, I don't even remember who it was. Who who was that? Who did I pick? You picked up Lafreniere. Lafreniere, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I dropped him like three weeks into the into the uh season there. <laughs> Two weeks overdue. The real the thrill <laughs> was tearing it up. And uh, yeah, he's he's doing good for me on uh, my fantasy team. He has single handedly made me turn on Minnesota Wild games <laughs> for the first time in decades. <laughs> right? Whenever in the existence of the Minnesota Wild franchise, because it was expansion, it was expansion, right? Could you say that there was a player that they had that made you turn on their games? Well, then. Like, remember when Parisi and Sutter, the first year they went there, you turn the games on because you're kind of like, oh, maybe they'll, for Minnesota, years and years and years, they hung around. They were that team that would always make in the playoffs is like the seventh or eighth. Every now and then they get by someone or push someone to seventh game. And then after that, you just kind of shrug your shoulders. You're like, meh, it's Minnesota. And then you just move on. There was nothing, I wouldn't say special because there's a fan base and they're very passionate, but it wasn't anything to get me uh, or a casual hockey fan to really go, Oh, I want to watch that because for us, we've talked about it. I want to watch Connor McDavid. I want to watch Colorado. I want to watch other teams in the West. I want to watch Vegas, all those guys. Like, if I'm watching a Western Conference game, those are the teams I want to watch. You know, he, he didn't say he, he wanted to watch Edmonton. He wanted to watch Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll watch Connor McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. But Let's not get confused true. here. That, it, it's it's but true. It, if, if you're turning on that Oilers game, you're turning it on to watch Connor McDavid and maybe Leon Dreisaitl. You're not yep. turning it on to watch uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You're not turning it on to watch, uh, I don't even know who else they have. Uh, Darnell Nurse, exactly. or somebody like that. Like you, endless. You, you really don't care about the rest of that team, except for the top two guys. And it's the same thing with the Wild, right? They have Kirill yeah. Kaprasov, and he's awesome. So good on his edges, just owns the ice and the puck. And every time he's on the ice, stuff happens. They're generating chances. But who else is on the team? You named Sutter just because he signed that disaster of a contract. Parisi's the still there his, too. You know, Don't worry. Right. He's they're, finishing. They're both yeah, there. He's, he's <laughs> finishing out his career on that disaster yeah. of a contract. And that's the only other player you probably know. But, you know, if you're just flipping around on the NHL yeah, TV I, looking yeah. for games. Well, what, what did I say earlier in our group chat? What's the one guy? Greenway. Oh, yeah. Jordan <laughs> yeah, Eric, yeah. Eric and I were like, what? <laughs> Jordan Green is great. We're like, what? You don't know like, him? I, yeah, I know. I mean, B, I, I know him. World yeah, Junior I've star. Heard of Come him. on. But, but he's, he's not <laughs> on my on, radar because he's on the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. Like, he's played almost 200 games with him, and I, I don't have any familiarity with him because I, I never see that team. I never watch he, him. They're just, you know. He, he was 
He was on a. Oh yeah, he's a big deal. I, I'm pretty he's great, sure he was but, on the last U.S. Olympic team. Yeah, he was one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the kids who was in college, went over there, did very well. And that's probably the most wow. I've seen him. Well, and, and so the other thing about one thing about Krill, he is a rookie. No one says this, but think about like the last really good Russian player to come over on an odd rookie, not necessarily contract, but he came much later because. Krill, I think, was like drafted in what, like 2015 or 16, something 15, like that. Yep. Yeah, in the fifth and, round. Exactly. Panarin yeah. came over late, much later than a normal rookie. He was not fully developed because he definitely got much better after playing in North America. But you know, wouldn't necessarily say late bloomer, but well, late bloomer by North American terms, technically, because he was making money over in Russia playing. I think that the KHL it makes a lot of Russian players feel very comfortable. So the allure of the NHL, I don't think it it is what it used to be. Mm, I, I, think so. I also think I think there's a development path there too, where like Kirill, we were looking at it today. This is the only mm-hmm. reason why I know. Uh, I don't. I'm not an insider. I don't know the kid, <laughs> but uh, he he spent a lot of time. You know, he spent basically the full four years uh, in their junior league, that MHL. Mm-hmm. Um, then he. He made the jump, uh, not straight to the KHL, but I think he was bouncing between like the lower pro league and then the K, and and then he ended up full time in the K, and then he ended up over in North America, and I I think that speaks to sort of a development path that maybe more Russian players might take or should take or are taking, because um, it clearly helped him and it was clearly the right way for him well and two and two in in russia i mean i know a lot of people throughout the hockey community kind of they have this negative stigma because the you know red army teams have passed but their hockey programs normally are set up similar to like you know english premier league systems where you're in a you're in a program at, at youth and you graduate to junior and then adult they try to do it the right way i know there's a big canadian skills guy daniel bochner who's amazing at skill development and whatnot, he's actually, he works with either SKA or CSKA, one of the two teams over there. I can't remember, but he he follows, you know, he's he's the head skill director of their program over there, and they try to do it similar to an English soccer league team. I, I think I've talked about it before, but what you're talking about is like the European club sport model yeah. where yep. it, it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter like what age you are or where you are in skill level, they have a place for you to play and you can play there. And then there from that level and that age, you have a path to advance if you want to. And I I think that's common amongst, you know, European club sports, you know, whether it's soccer slash football or hockey or whatever it is. Um, I, I think that's pretty common and it's a different culture. Oh, absolutely. So pretty interesting, but kind of cool. The last two late bloomer Russians, Panarin and Krill just come over and play really well right off the bat. I, I hope he's in Minnesota for a while. Cause like we were saying it, you know, with the relevancy thing, it'd be nice to see Minnesota, especially that fan base just yeah. do really well. And then the other thing, too is i think the kid has a really good head on his shoulders and 
that time that he spent developing in in Russia Juniors and in Russia Pros, um, he's a very mature NHL rookie. And the reason why I bring it up is because we started talking today in Discord about him because Greg Wyshynski over at ESPN published this article and there was an excerpt that was floating around from the article about Billy Guerin, the GM of the Wild, saying, you know, hey, uh, when we brought in Kaprasov, we went to him and said, hey, you know, do you want us to find a Russian player, a, a Russian vet to help you kind of find your way in the NHL and find your way in the room and, and all this? And Kaprasov's answer is only if he will help us win. And that is amazing for I like that. You know, somebody yeah. that's coming in as an NHL rookie. That's the kind of energy every team wants. Yeah, man. I, I like what 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 were we saying today? Like put the C on his sweater <laughs> yeah. now. You like, said come give on, him just, to it now. That's <laughs> Hey, Jared Spurgeon, I know you got it literally in August and it's been 20 some games. Uh, we're going to borrow this for a little while. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Minnesota too, they're on that, they're on that weird, like teetering thing. They have like a younger core with him and Spurgeon and Greenway. And then you have like this much older group, you know, with Suter and Parisi and Bukestead's there now and a few other guys and. You know, Koivu left in the offseason, unfortunately, and he went to Columbus and retired 10 games in. I guess he was sick of what's going on there, which is kind of crazy. But, <laughs> but, Did I see you know, Line get benched the other night? Again. Yeah, weird. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Ugh. Jets are doing yeah, pretty well without him, though. No, it's fine. <laughs> Jets are, they're just humming along. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Minnesota could be I mean, it all depends on how it shakes up in the coming years. But it's funny, you know, Eric, you mentioned the development thing where Alex Galchenyuk is now playing in the AHL for the Toronto Marlies. And the, I saw some like blurbs about it today because Kyle Dubas had his presser. And there were, you know, a lot of people were kind of saying after like, yeah, Alex Galchenyuk has never played an AHL game. Like to get his confidence under him to maybe get back to some of the basics. Because the last couple of years, he's kind of lost it. Minnesota was one of his last stops and you would think if there was a place where they needed a higher-end offensive guy who could drive a little bit of the play, because he does have all the talent in the world, clearly doesn't work for whatever reason. And you don't know why, but Kirill, I mean, he definitely did the development that he needed to to play at the NHL on a high level. Granted, very small sample size is rookie year. Hopefully he continues because it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. And I want to take a quick second here just to continue what has been going on for years now and just say that Ryan Suter's contract is absolutely horrid. <laughs> $7.5 million AAV. He has eight points this season oh. and zero of them are goals. He is. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's horrid. I feel bad for Billy G trying to, trying to deal with this. Aaron, are you are you telling the Minnesota Wild that the four of us will go play for them and absolutely take the full contract amount <laughs> yes. split four yes. ways? Absolutely, sure. <laughs> I'll fight anybody could, they want. <laughs> <laughs> anybody. We could probably get eight points between the four of us. I think we could. Yeah, <laughs> <Huh>. likely. <laughs> 
<laughs> Does anyone know Russian? One of us has to play on Krill's side. <laughs> One of us has to play with him. We got to know. What's, what's his thing? So, so basically, you play on his line. And you're like, just just put the puck near him. Hopefully, I get that assist. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to stand, stand on the blue the line. Net. And then as soon as the puck crosses, I'm going to go to the, the front of the net. And dodge yeah. pucks just go, as best right. I can. Just go stand in front of the net and play target. <laughs> Let him hit you. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to plant my stick on the ice and you just bank them in. <laughs> think, think about Minnesota, though, right? That's a, that is a really big hockey market, or it it's should huge. be. It's and, its own USA hockey district. That f- just think about it that way, too. <laughs> right? Like... And like the high school tournament, uh, probably not this year, but every year fills the NHL arena for that 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 well, week or whatever. Minnesota it is, is and, essentially synonymous with hockey. I mean, it's it's like well, that's the state of hockey, central. right? Yeah. yeah, it's hockey central for the United yeah. States. It really is. Yeah. So to have an so exciting team there, they, they is, need that's great. Yes, yeah. they need it. And and if Kaprasov kicks that off, like. That's awesome. Yeah. And then well, and- I, 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 when I think about Minnesota, then I think about another hockey market that deserves more and people dunk on all the time. You're talking about those guys who wear blue and yellow. We're talking about Michael Jordan from the free throw, free throw line dunks. <laughs> like just these <laughs> epic dunks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffalo deserves yep. <laughs> way Buffalo deserves way more. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I feel what, so bad what you're trying them. to say <laughs> has basically already been, you know, implied. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, when we were watching the Pens uh, Penn Sabres the other night, I was like, man, they look it looks like a pickup game. Like <laughs> he, the like the Pens were nonchalant about everything and they were saberized. I think they put yeah. up a four <laughs> four spot on them, right? Yeah. But like they didn't even look like they wanted to be there and the Sabres yeah. didn't even look interested. And then Riggs Riggs said that uh was it last night when, when Yeah, they, yeah, when they the played caps. when they were right, Washington yeah. was up there. It looked like a pickup game. It looked like our game on Sunday <laughs> it looked like night our where the, t- <laughs> the teams were not exactly even. Not quite. Okay, on Sunday night they weren't just, you know, and it looked like that. And then I think the thing that ticks me off the most about the Buffalo thing is when it happens in any other city, usually at some point, ownership or management goes, we're burning it down. We're going to figure something out. And it's like they've been doing the same circle of insanity in Buffalo for years and years where everyone from management to ownership, et cetera, players, they all say the same thing. They're like, man, we we really got to put our bootstraps on and go to work and it's like well like at what point does that happen it just it just doesn't yeah you can and, say it all you want but and Riley, people start actually doing it and you know a lot of people i don't think remembered the comments that ryan o'reilly made when he got traded to st louis about it all where he said when you get accustomed to losing you're just stuck in losing and especially if you don't care about it nothing will happen a lot of people in buffalo were like that's a lie, Ryan O'Reilly. You're a jerk. And then he goes and wins a Conn Smythe in a cup with St. Louis, a team that was actually at one point in the year where Buffalo normally occupies close to the bottom of the standings. And 
They got rid of their coach, hired Barube, figured it out, jumped up the standings, and end up becoming a dominant force in the playoffs. So who knows what's going to happen? Because I remember in the offseason, they got Taylor Hall. We were all excited. We're like, oh, man, maybe this will this will be it. Maybe this is what they need. And it's far from what they need. And it almost reminds me of some of the stuff that Edmonton did for years. That Edmonton, you could still say, kind of does. Because Casey Middlestat's just floundering there when he left the World Junior Juniors in one year. Everyone thought he was going to be the next great center and winger in the NHL. Nothing happened, unfortunately. You got to wonder, too, though. Like, some of the some clubs kind of have a culture of winning. Like, I hate to pat ourselves on the back here, but. The Caps and the Pens are winning teams. They they win a lot. And you got to think that the players coming into that team see like the recent records and see the recent performance of the team. And they, they kind of have this idea. It's like, okay, that's the standard that I have to play to. So you wonder about the, the guys that are going into Buffalo, even good players like, say, Taylor Hall. And they see this previous record, and then they kind of get a feel of how the team actually competes on the ice. You got to wonder if they don't get sucked into the same vortex of a culture of losing. It's and yeah, it's a true it's a true culture, right? Like yeah, it, what what you're talking about is is generational effects, right? Right. So, and single know, players, this, even multiple players coming in, can't really ten, change that. It, that's exactly right. It takes years. It takes you know yeah. five, ten years for that to be affected. Right. Years of people of players playing against the grain, even against that that grain of 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 a culture of losing. So the, you got to get the guys like Kaprizov yeah. coming in who are like, I want to win, and I don't care what the team's doing. You got to get those guys in there, and you have to fill the team up with it in order to change anything at all, because you have to build up that culture of winning, or you have to build up against the culture of losing. I should say. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Minnesota because they were unfortunately because of their playoff streak for a while. They were in the circle of average where they were getting kind of right mid to late round first round picks. I wouldn't say they hit it out of the park on any of those players, but you know they were trying to do the right things by drafting the best player on the board, et cetera, et cetera. And their AHL team normally does all well, all right, but you know it doesn't always translate to the NHL. Buffalo has gotten decent picks. Yeah, and they have, and they have the they Rochester have, Americans, right? Isn't that their? Yeah, affiliate? they have the Amherst. They they yeah. squandered some of those picks and have just done. Look at some of the people that have walked out of Buffalo the last couple of years, like they, Brian O'Reilly, <laughs> Brian O'Reilly, Robin Leonard, who's yeah. a totally fine goalie. He mm, had other issues yeah. going on while he was in Buffalo, but you know, look what happens when he gets a good support system around him. I'm not saying you know Buffalo didn't try or do anything, but there's something there in the water, if you will. I know you say the like the pens and the caps, Aaron. Um, do you think that's due to uh, kind of the core group of players that are in place in Washington and in Pittsburgh? The players coming in know, you know, what Crosby is expecting, what Ovechkin is expecting out of them. I think it's also translate? ownership. Like, like look at Detroit. Detroit lost that core. Now yep. look at them. Where are they? Yep. Yeah. It, but do you I, think, I think I think that's like an ownership general management down type? I'm thing not even too. sure that it is. I no. think it's an X factor. I think it's an intangible. I'm not sure you can put your finger on where that actually lives. You, I think that that's a you have an, to, an entire organizational thing. Yeah, you right. It's so the strategy has to be, uh, we're going to find the leadership, right? And that's hard to like. You can't you can't scout for that. Like you yeah. can talk to people or whatever. 
you you think you got that maybe you know i don't know how that works especially when they're and sometimes leadership develops over a course yeah. of five to six years yeah well they're scouting these 18 and 19 year old kids and trying to decide like okay is this going to be our future leader is he going to be part of the future core of the team and then you get lucky and then you get a sid crosby you get an alex ovechkin you get these type of players that absolutely hate mediocrity. It's not so much that they hate losing. It's that they hate mediocrity. They don't want to just be average. They don't want to be on a 500 club. They don't want to just make the playoffs every year. They want to win championships and win the Stanley Cup. So it's... A little bit of it is recognizing that and having a strategy to go find those people, but a lot of it's just luck. And I think that's what you're speaking to, Aaron. Well, like going going back to what we just said a few minutes ago, Billy G has to be thinking that he's just struck gold with this kid when he says, as long as that absolutely. player is going to help us win, like that's that is absolutely the attitude that every single yeah. club wants from every single player. And to just get that from a fifth round. Absolutely. Pick, oh my gosh. Like they they've got to be just they gotta be over the moon with with their luck that they've got Kaprasov. And like you said, you can't scout that. You can't go find guys that are gonna do that. They have to fall they fall in your lap. And then when you get them, you have to capitalize. So that's that's Minnesota's task right now, is they need to use this time that they have cap with Kaprasov and make something happen change their culture into a culture of winning and break the cycle out of media and hopefully too they can do something with the cap problem we won't need to mention any names or anything but if they solve that he already did if they yeah if they solve <laughs> but if they think about it if they could solve a little bit of that and then minnesota i would imagine i mean we're not nhl players or in the nhl media circle i would imagine that's a very good destination to play Hockey's great. Weather. You could say something about the Uh, weather. That's that's what Parise and Suter actually were talking about when they signed the deals there. Correct. They wanted to play in Minnesota because yeah, they well because they they were from there. there. Yeah, they're from there. They they grew up there. So of course they were going home and they were getting paid a king's ransom to retire there. Basically, (laughs) kings don't even get that ransom. (laughs) Right? What are you talking about? So on Sunday, everybody was like sort of leaving. There was only a few of us still out there because it was windy. And uh, I don't know how the topic came up, but somebody was like, what's the best, you know, post-game food? A couple guys were like pizza. And I was like, no, it's tacos. Tacos. Hands down. Tacos. 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 Absolutely. How is this even a conversation? It's tacos. Like, why are we... Yeah. Who like who I lo- I literally had a game last night and we went to Taco Bell afterward. Like yeah. well yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tacos. Like like I love pizza, okay? But it's tacos. Every time after I play hockey, it's a struggle. It's a battle between do I take the exit where I know there's a Taco Bell <laughs> or do I keep going? <laughs> it is a ba- every time. Every time. It's it's definitely tacos. If the question is brought up in the car, it's always oh, yes. Yeah, we're stopping to talk about <laughs> <laughs> pizza. I mean, I guess pizza somewhat makes sense because you know it's no man. It's a one-handed thing. No. It's okay. Fold it. Like, I get it. Okay. Pizza's not. Yeah. 
tacos. It's tacos is the upper echelon. What kind of pizza are you getting at eleven o'clock at night after your game, or twelve o'clock at night? Uh, a sheets, a sheets pizza. <laughs> oh, a pizza. Pizza. Maybe shizza. Little Caesars if they're open. Maybe, yeah, hot and ready. Maybe. Uh, maybe. A Taco Bell drive-through. Always yeah. open. They're right. open till like three in the morning, most places. Yeah. Tell more people to think outside the bun. You need Taco That's Bell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> John got me. I almost spit. <laughs> well, our uh, our old our old uh, adult league team definitely thought outside the bun. But yes, yes. I mean, our team name was the Brochachos, and our logo yes. was a big sombrero with a huge mustache, like. <laughs> we we had to eat tacos after each game. The brochachos had to eat tacos. And not yes. only that, when pressed, we refused to share our tacos. Nope. We have to tell the story. <laughs> no, with the other Absolutely. with other teams. Absolutely. With other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other teams come up to us in the lot. Hey, you guys gonna eat all those? There's like seven party packs on the ground in front of us. Yes, yes. We and there's are. and there's two people. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> eat all those. <laughs> yeah, there's like two people left. Yeah, we're gonna eat all those. Well, one of them was a turncoat. Like he, like he was on our team. Oh yeah, that's initially. right. And then he went to another yeah. team. Nope, no tacos for you. No tacos, tacos for, for you. you. No Benedict tacos. Arnold. No yeah. tacos for your bunch of flunkies over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> for you we and don't your care. Band of flunkies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but that definitely did happen. They definitely came over and they saw that we still had a lot of party packs. Not just when tacos. he says a we lot, had, he means we had a whole lot. <laughs> we had whole party packs left. How many easily is a party pack? 30, 12? There was 12, easily 12. three party packs left. Yeah. We probably had 36, maybe 45 was, tacos. I, I think there was yeah. four of us. And there was mm-hmm. four of us. I think everybody yeah. had, yeah. Yeah, Are you maybe, a, little, maybe yep. a few more, but most of the team had kind of, you know, filtered off yeah. and gone home. Yeah. It, it was, was late, it was later. Week. Yeah, it was a tournament weekend, right? So it was yeah. like the Friday night game, a little bit later, mm-hmm. and they came over because they had been out in the parking lot too, and they were hungry, but they had not planned ahead mm-hmm. like we did, <laughs> and asked a uh, teammate to ask his then pregnant wife to go and pick up Taco Bell for us. Oh my, yes. <laughs> that is a detail that we left out. Yes. <laughs> His then pregnant wife, he asked her to go pick up Taco Bell to party packs, and she did so thinking it was going to be dinner for their family unit when she yes. brought it to the rink and then realized, oh, this is for the guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is for the bros. This is for the bros. <laughs> Needless to say, she's a keeper. Yep. So <laughs> I, I remember that night because tacos got Yeah, I wasn't even hungry. And then and then he came <laughs> over, the the guy came over and was like, Hey, can I get can I get some tacos? I'm like, no, I'm hungry. I proceeded <laughs> to eat four after that. Yep. You just grudge ate them. You were I so like, angry. I had, yeah, I spite ate at least yeah. eight tacos I, that night. Yeah, I had like three before that. I'm like, nope, it's going down with the fire sauce, of course. Oh, fire yes. sauce only. No question. Are you out of your mind? If you eat it plain, fire you're not doing only. it right. 
It's got to <laughs> yeah. be fire sauce. <laughs> How much fire How sauce? How much fire sauce, though? That's the question. All of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold out your hands. Two hands together. Make this, a bowl. This many. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for episode 31. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for some tacos. One more big shout out to Kevin from KJ Cooks and More Re Beers. Thanks so much for your recommendations. You were absolutely correct when you said, I've got some beers you guys will like. We loved them. Thanks again to Kevin and everyone else. Thanks again for listening. If anybody wants to help contribute to the Beers in the Lot Taco Fund, be sure to check us out at beersinthelot.com slash Patreon. We'll catch you next week. See you.